if I look at my more diversified equity fund, it's probably lost 30, 40% from there, but not 80%. So this is kind of one of my biggest investment loss in terms of percentage. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guests, Peapot Lung Narumit Chai and Peapot. Are you ready to rock? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go. So, Peapot is an assistant managing director, the co-head of the CIO Office of Wealth Management, and the chief economist of Patra Securities in Thailand. He leads a team of analysts responsible for giving clients investment advice on global asset allocation as well as product selection. Previously, he was a research analyst covering Thai financial sector at Patra Security. Hey, that's the job I used to have many, many years ago. Great to hear that. <laughs> now, prior to joining Patra Securities, he was an economist at the International Monetary Fund in Washington, D.C., where he worked on several policy and market issues, including monetary policy and financial market issues. Subsequently, he was a re senior research analyst at Mellon Capital Management in San Francisco, where he worked on a global macro fund strategy. Peapot received a PhD in economics from the University of California, Berkeley, and has, and has his BA in economics from Tamasat University, the university where I am actually a research faculty. So, Peapot, take a minute and fill in any further details about your life. All right. Thanks for the kind introduction. And I think that's pretty much what I have done. So basically, I spent a bit of time in the U.S. Um, working for public institution like um, the IMF. And then I turned to the financial market sector and I worked um, at Mellon Capital Management. It was basically a global macro hedge fund. And I joined in a very interesting time, right at the peak of the market in 2008, and I see the market coming down in 2008, 2009. So feel the pain and, and, and being through the crisis. So that's very interesting experience to have seen that. Mm, mm, okay. And um, one thing that's kind of interesting about your bio that I was mentioning that I started my career as a bank analyst of the Thai banking system in 1993. And I covered the Thai banking sector from 1993 till 2003. And during that time, of course, I was witnessing the boom and the bust and then the recovery and the recapitalization of the banks. I always tell, since some of our audience is younger people who are starting to build a career in finance, I always tell my younger analyst friends, if you can get a job covering banks, it's really great because it will force you to have to understand about macroeconomic factors. Whereas you could be covering, let's say, the consumer sector or the property sector, where there's only one or two little macro factors like maybe consumer sentiment or interest rates that are in there. But when you're covering the banks, you've got to really have your finger on the pulse of the overall economy. And that sets you up for adding more value throughout your career. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I learned a lot. I came to Patra with the background as a trained economist, and I was hoping to join as an economist back then. But then I have got offered this, this position, and I thought, 
oh, gee, what do I know with the balance sheet and all? And then I, I took it anyway. And it was a great learning experience, getting to know little things about accountings and, and the general big picture. So you see from the smallest thing until the big macro picture. So, so it was a great experience. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we have some interesting things in common. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment, thinking it will be. Tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably share my story. I think my story was, it happened actually during the rally before the, the global financial crisis in 2008. If you remember back in 2006, 2007, the market was like booming, like nothing could stop the market. I think everything was going so well. And back then I was investing in equity already, but I didn't have time or resource to focus on individual stocks. So I was buying like equity funds, like passive funds, and maybe some of the managed funds. And then it was like, hey, yeah, I start working back then and get some saving and maybe I should get more adventurous and invest in, in individual stocks. And I didn't know back then which one to buy, right? So I remember the very first stock I bought was Apple. It actually turned out to be the best investment ever. But later on, I was consulting with friends in the engineering. I came from the Bay Area, right? So I have several like um, engineer friends who work in like technology company. And I was asking him like, hey, what's your tips on stocks? Like you should know things about like what's happening in the Bay Area. And he gave me one name. He said like OVTI, Omnivision Technologies. And I never heard of it, but he said, hey, you know, this guy produced and designed advanced digital imaging, like things that put in the cell phone, right? Back then, like the cell phone didn't have the camera. But then like the camera with the phone was booming. And he said, oh, this is great story. Every phone's going to have a um, camera from now on. So this guy, are, like the biggest producer of one of the chips, I don't know which one, I don't, I don't quite remember, but he was going through the details and it was, oh yeah, that's a sound like good story. So it's just like I came home and the next day I, I bought, I don't know, I'm not sure how much. I remember like $3,000 or something of OVTI, the stock that I never heard of. And then it was going up quite a bit at the beginning. And when I look at it, maybe a year and a half later, I think it came down to like $500 or something. So I make the loss of like 70, 80% within a year and a half. Well, part of it, I got to brim with the global financial crisis with like the, the market was coming like half anyway, right? But if I look at my more diversified equity fund, it's probably lost 30, 40% from that, but not 80%. So this is kind of one of my biggest investment loss in terms of percentage. I think at the very bottom of the market, maybe I gave up with, with this stock and I, I remember selling it when it was like worth $600 or something. But after that, it came back up. <laughs> so there's a lot of story in there. <laughs> but in terms of percentage, it's, it's, it's got to be my worst investment ever. Got it. Okay. So what lessons did you learn from this? Oh, yeah, a lot, right? I mean, like, first of all, good company, good story doesn't mean a good investment. I think that's, that's probably like the classic lesson that, that a lot of people got to learn by themselves. <laughs> because when you hear the good story or even the past return, people said, oh, they make this much from investing in this. And this is great story. It's going to continue and all, right? But then it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good investment for you, right? I mean, I think mm -hmm. um, you have to consider many things like valuation, outlook, and growth and whatnot. And second lesson that I learned for sure is, 
do not believe your friends. <laughs> Whatever tips you got, you have to study for yourself. You have to be convinced by your analysis. You have to at least put on some effort. And if you make a mistake, you know why you make a mistake. Rather than like, oh, I got this tip from my friend and, and it didn't work out. And then you blame your friend for it, right? Rather than like, hey, this is, I, I got the, the tips, but at the same time, you, you do your homework and, and it didn't work out and you know exactly why it didn't work out. And my third lesson is probably things that didn't turn out to be so bad for me, but I think one of the lessons is to be diversified. Whatever you do, do not put all eggs in one basket. For me, my investment wasn't so large because I know I have the equity investment in other um, equity funds. So this is kind of um, fun part of investing. So I didn't allocate so much on this particular investment, but it could be worse. It could have been worse. Yeah. And I have many people I've interviewed where they put all their money into that great idea <laughs> and they lost it all. So yes, it could have been much worse, luckily for you. Well, maybe I'll summarize a couple of things that I take away from this story. And that is, the first thing is that after interviewing and reading the stories of loss of many people, there's basically six different types of mistakes, general categories of mistakes that people make. And the number one, most common one is fail to do the research. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you talked about, I wrote down a word, which you said, which was, you got to do the effort. You got to do the work. There's nothing in this life that comes without some work or else, you know, it's just free money. It just doesn't happen. So we have to put in the effort to do the work on the research. And the other thing is, you know, and I like to teach in CFA ethics in particular, I like to talk to the young people about like, let's imagine you're a financial advisor, you know, the type of work that you do, Peapot, which is advising clients. And let's just say that you go and let's say you're going to advise clients on a portfolio of stocks or on stocks. And you go to a restaurant and you hear an overhear two people at a table and one person says, this stock is really good. I've done a lot of work on it. And it's a buy and I'm adding it to my portfolio and I have been and I think it's a great story. You overhear that and then you go to your clients right after lunch and you instruct your clients to buy that stock. Well, of course, we know through what we learn through ethics is that no, you can't do that. You need to do your own work before you make your recommendation. Now, it could be that your recommendation is a buy, but we also have to do our own work and even have evidence of that in the case of if somebody complained that we didn't do our work, we can show that we did. But the question I always ask the student, well, what if the guy sitting at that table was Warren Buffett? You know, would that change things? No, it doesn't change things. We still have to do our work. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I take away from this is the idea of do your work. And I think what's great about this story to me is that, you know, you didn't lose it all in a sense, all your money. It was a heavy loss from a percentage basis, but based upon your age at the time and you know, your overall assets and your potential, it wasn't like it was a disaster, but it taught you all the core lessons that I believe would make you a better advisor to your clients today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so those are some of the things that I take away. Is there anything you'd add to that? No, I think that's exactly right. My biggest mistake for that is didn't do the homework myself and incurred a loss. So that's exactly right. Like we have to at least understand exactly what are we getting ourselves into when it comes to investment. 
Yes. And you're still young. You have a chance to lose a lot more money in the future. <laughs> so keep applying these principles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn in your career and in your personal investing, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? A couple of key words. I think number one is diversification. I think that's, that's quite important because if you have diversified portfolio, you can reduce the risk of the overall portfolio and you can manage your portfolio to have the, the risk according to your risk profile. That's quite important as well in terms of suitability for yourself when, whenever you make decision about investment. Number two is I think you have to stick to what you know best. Like, I mean, when we hear about investment, people usually believe in investing in individual stocks. But I would argue that if you don't have time or the effort to do all those homework, maybe your best role could be the asset allocator rather than the, the stock picker. I mean, it depends, right? I mean, if you have the time and the effort and the skill to do the stock picking, it's great. Right? But, but if you don't, maybe you can do be as an asset allocator and delegate some of the work to, say, fund manager or invest through passive funds or whatnot. At least get the exposure to the stock market through more diversified channels rather than taking the risk because individual stocks are a lot more riskier than passive fund or, or diversified portfolio. And I think, I don't know how, how to stress enough about riskiness of the portfolio, try to apply the risk management techniques or whatever you believe in. I happen to believe in diversification. Like in the worst year, like last year, when um, I think the whole equity market was coming down 15% globally, I think if you have diversified portfolio and you don't have 100% in the equity market, and, and you're not going to have a big loss like that. Some of the people who um, have very concentrated portfolio, I think loss could be like 20, 30% easily last year. Got it. Got it. Okay. And last question, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Number one goal, I guess, I think health and wealth, that's two key words. For it. <laughs> I think in terms of health, I'll try to stay fit, try to at least exercise three times a week. That's, that's my goal. Big goal. I mean, so far this year, I haven't been able to do that given the pollution situation here in Bangkok. I miss it yeah. for a few weeks already. Number two, I think I'll try to do my best in, in terms of my jobs and my responsibility, try to achieve my career, deliver what I promised my boss. And <laughs> that's kind of my goal for the next two months. Those are good goals. Well, looking out my window over the park at Benja Kitty Park at the near the uh, Queen Syracuse Convention Center. And I was there this morning doing my exercise. So I got my one day out of the week so far. I want to get three days just like you. So great, great. for you. Yeah. Great for you. All right. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Peapot, Thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for our audience? I guess you hear my lesson and I hope uh, my lesson is going to be something that you can apply for your own investment and try to avoid the losses and good luck for investment. That's good. Fantastic. I think we're going to have a lot of learning from that. One idiom that you were talking about is stick to your knitting. 
you talked about stick to what you know. We often say stick to your knitting, stick yeah, to what you know. you know. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.